Hey guys, today I'm here with Alan, and we're going to be talking about an email called Talking Things. Alan, how are you? And what the heck is this email? And what is it about? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me, Chase. Um, yeah, this is an email we came up with to kind of balance promotion and content in the same email because there's that apprehension from marketers and business owners that they don't want to send too many emails because they're afraid to become too aggressive and pushy. And this is a way to kind of mellow down the pushiness, but at the same time, still promote your con your product while still giving them that, that fun experience of having gone through an entertaining email. I love it. All right. Are you going to screen share? Are you going to teach us? How do you want to do this? Yeah, sure. Um, I guess I'll set it up first so that it makes sense for everyone. So like for us, what we think about it is each email is a promise, right? Um, at bare minimum, a promise is it's going to be worth their time. Best case scenario, perhaps getting a sale or making them learn something new. Bottom line is they have to feel something, right? Um, at the end of the day, we buy from emotions, right? And justify with logic. So each email has to buy, to make them feel something. Um, having said that, the feeling doesn't necessarily start when they read the email. Just receiving it should make them feel something. So there's this one company, Honest B, that used to send emails. They, so they're basically a grocery delivery service. So they would send out the coupon code. The thing that they forgot though was to edit the copy of the email. So they sent out a lorem ipsum <laughs> email. It just had the code there. So instead of, you know, instead of like, um, walking away in shame, they sent out a second email giving people a better, a better discount and they, um, poke fun of them at themselves and they gave the code. The code was, of course, lorem ipsum, right? So by doing that, um, just when I see their branding come in my inbox, the promise that comes to my mind is I'm going to smile, something like that. Like it's, it gives me a pleasant feeling. And one of the best ways to do that is through entertainment, right? Um, I love the quote like Kevin Rogers. I'm, I might butcher the quote here, but he said something to the effect of um, the attention is never higher and re resistance is never lower when you can make somebody laugh. And I believe that also extends to conversation and storytelling. Um, having said that, for the reader, entertainments and stories are a dream to read. However, for marketers, <laughs> Coming up with something entertaining can be a nightmare, right? So that's kind of the origin of the talking things email because we kind of came up with an easy button for marketers to become entertaining without really trying too hard, right? So the way this, this works is instead of sending an email from like from you, Chase, from, or from myself or from the brand, we send it from an inanimate object. <laughs> so. If you're selling toothpaste, the email will come from the toothpaste, right? Or I've sent out an email where um, we're selling a finance book, but the email came from a bank account. <laughs> and sometimes it can be something that's considered an enemy, right? So for writers, it can be a writer's block. So I've sent out email as a writer's block. And those have consistently gotten positive results. Some led to more sales. Some led to more engagement, but at the same time, overall, the feeling that people walk away with was, damn, I like that. <laughs> so, um, having said that, 
Uh, I'd love to jump on my screen and share you an example of an email that we did. Yeah, please so, do. There you go. So let me quickly jump on there. While you're while you're doing that, so I posted sure. on Twitter a couple weeks ago a screenshot of an email, uh, a cold email. And Alan was actually the one that sent me this cold email. So a lot of you guys probably know of Alan, even though I blurred out his name and his email because I didn't want to reveal his identity and if he didn't want to be re- revealed. But you you sent me an email and you said, hey, I saw that. That was really cool. So yeah, I loved it, the email that you sent. That's how we're here. Now that your screen is up, um, we'll let you take it from here. Yeah, thank you, Chase. Um, yeah, so this is the email that I spoke about. Um, so this is the one where I sent as a bank account. So this for I got the client of uh, the permission of my client crazyaboutpaper.com. So we were selling a book bundle of personal finance book. And this market is very competitive and in some ways saturated already. So I came up with a twist to to make talking about personal finance fresh again. So the way I wrote it was the subject line is you have one unread message from your savings. So I actually got this subject line from Instagram. So I had one unread message from Instagram. Then I just changed the last word to savings. So I think that will work. So it did actually. Um, so I'll read the email for you. Um, so first name, it's your savings. Yes, the one in the bank. And I'm glad you opened this email. I know you always think of me and I want you to know that the feeling is mutual. And just to prove it to you, I went around and made friends with Mary. She's a fellow bank account from private banking. She's one of the rich kids around the vault. So while the bank teller was away, I went over to have a chat with her. I asked what her owner's secret is for amassing so much fortune. She told me two things. First, the owner had high FQ, financial intelligence quotient. Making money is one thing, but knowing what to do with it is another. You see, just because someone is well-paid doesn't mean they can make their money grow. These are count- there are countless stories of high-income individuals buried in debt. That's where FQ comes in. In a nutshell, someone with high FQ knows the best place to put their money, and, bank- and banks are just one of them. In fact, they rarely stay in the bank too long. They're used to buying stocks, real estate, and even cryptocurrency. These people know how to make money work for them. But Mary gave me a stern warning. Knowledge is never enough. Now comes the second point, psychology of money. Channeling her teacher vibes, Mary told me that without understanding how to handle money beliefs and behaviors, knowledge is absolutely useless. Take this for example. We've heard countless sob stories of lottery winners going broke shortly after receiving money that should last them generations. One of the reasons? Poor money beliefs. They rate they were raised to believe that money is evil. There arises that internal conflict. Money is evil. I have lots of it. I am evil. Whoa. People are intrinsically good, and that's an idea we can accept. So we default to behaving according to our identity. We sub- subconsciously find a way to get rid of that money through uncontrolled spending, lavish gifts, and believe it or not, even extravagant donations. And here's the scary thing. These money beliefs are hidden. One doesn't have to win the lottery to suffer from it. You may, you may have been throwing money away for years without ever realizing it. Luckily, there's a way to test your FQ and discover your unhealthy money beliefs. But before Mary could tell me about that, we got caught. So the bank teller, hey, you should be social distancing. Me, uh-oh, we were immediately pulled apart. So close yet so far. But as I was about to lose sight of her, Mary threw a piece of paper from across the vault while shouting, 
This has all the answers you're looking for. I opened it up and it read, Get FQ Mom's Books. So that's what you're selling. I looked it up on the internet. Thank God my data is working inside the vault. And I found this. So photo of the book, a button to, to buy it. And here's what I like about the book. So these are the features and benefits. And this is basically, I copied it from the sales page. So I close it this way. I had a crazy day and I only have one thing left to say. Do yourself a favor and click here to get these books and never worry about me again. Cheers, your savings. So that's kind of how the talking thing email works. So yeah, I'd love to know what you think about it, Chase. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's that's incredible, man. I mean, the whole, the whole time I was smiling and, and kind of laughing. So <laughs> it, I, I think well, it obviously does a lot of things, right? But I think the very first thing, even starting with the subject line that I took away from this, right, is like inspiration is, is, is everywhere, right? You're just really attuned to paying attention to what's happening, you know, in your inbox, on your Instagram, on your right. Twitter, right? And really making right. it highly relatable, right? So I think that for me was a really big takeaway. And then two, right, is with the right brand or with the right product or with the right service, being able to have like a fun and a friendly tone and voice and being able to take advantage of that's really fun, right? Where people are going to want to forward that email. They're probably going to read that multiple times. They're probably going to share that on social. So I think that email was fantastic. I mean, you clearly know what you're doing from that to the cold email that you sent me, which got you here. Um, that's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. And one of the, some of the things that I really like about talking things email is, um, you know how with copywriting, we try to, when we talk about, say, health products, we say that like um, your body is attacking you. The reason we say that is because we kind of want to have a layer of protection between our customer and the body. Even if it's his body, we try to separate them. And I think that's one of the things that this email does for the writer. Right, because because you're not writing with your name or or with your brand, it kind of creates a distance, a safety net that you can ex be push the boundaries of creativity. In that sense, um, I've written an email before where I said that like I spent a lot of time with research, and I kind of, the the way I the subject line was, um, uh, bracket gossip, Allen's number two. It's like I'm cheating on my wife because I spent so much time with research. And the way I wrote it was, it's as if my research was my 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 mistress. <laughs> right? So I can only think about that because I'm writing through as research, so I can push the boundaries in that sense. So that's something that I, I can, I say it's a benefit of doing this because there's that safety net. And also it can be a way for you to kind of kind of brag about yourself in the sense that um, the one that's bragging about you is research. So he can say, he spent so much time, um, like Alan's spending so much time with me before he sends an email or just, just to show how intricate you are with your preparation. So those are some of the benefits. I'm not going to say that this, this kind of email will get you the most sales. It generally won't, but at the same time, it will give you consistent sales while not without withdrawing, like the Goodwill bank that you have with your readers. Yeah. And I think the last thing I'll say is like, as I think about it more, it's like this email is really good at disarming people. And what I mean by that, right. Is when people receive an email that's so salesy and promotional, right. They have their, they have their guard up with an email like this. That's a little bit fun and creative. It allows people to kind of take a step back and actually just enjoy the reading. 
And then right. from there, their decision to, to purchase it um, is a little bit more free um, instead of so like uptight and, and kind of closed-minded. So I think it, and then again, if it doesn't sell on this email, I think it prompts the next email or from the future emails to do the selling, which ultimately drive the sale. So yeah, Alan, this was, this was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I think, uh, right. To add to your point, like having sometimes when you can see the same pattern over and over, you, people can telegraph basically what's your, what you're going to say and having something that's out of the blue, like this is from your keyboard. This is from your, your bank account kind of. As he said, this arms them because they really don't know what to expect because this is so new, then they're just in it for the ride. And I think by the time they go to the climax, you're also, you also pre-fame them. You gave them the proper context to think about the offer because along the way, you gave them the lessons, the change their mindset. You gave them fresh eyes to see the world. And by the time they see the offer, it basically makes sense already. So I think that kind of, removing any prejudice while they consume your content is very important. Yeah, dude, completely agreed. Well, dude, thank you so much for, for being here. Um, I know for those that are, are watching this on your screen, it looks like digitalsolopreneur.com is a good place. For those listening, um, I'll put it in the description below. So it's digitalsolopreneur.com. And then any social handles you want to throw out, Twitter, Instagram, something else. Um, I actually have a special gift for everyone. Like we... You mentioned, we mentioned about the subject lines. I actually created like 45 of our best um, subject lines and I could share the link with you. It's just digitalsolopreneur.com slash chase to make it super easy for your audience. So yeah, I can give you the link later on. Maybe you could add it <laughs> in the description. Awesome. I'll definitely have that below. Thank you for being here. Thank you for that, that gift. And we appreciate your time. Awesome. Thank you very much, Chase. Of course.